0: Hi, my name is Ava. This is your Truth For Your Twenties podcast
1: with your host, Katie Bulmer, my mom. Enjoy listening! If you
0: are between the ages of 18 and young 30s and reaching for that best version of yourself, you are in the right place. Hey, my name is Katie Bulmer. I am an author and speaker to over 30 colleges nationwide with the heart behind everything I do to be who I needed when I was younger. On this podcast, I interview experts in their field and 20-somethings alike. We'll talk about finances, physical wellness, dealing with your inner mean girl, and you better believe we're going to talk about guys. Our mission here is to empower your socks off and definitely drop some truth bombs along the way. All right, let's get to it and unpack some truths for your 20s. You guys, I'm so excited to be talking with the Grace Valentine today. She is author of Am I Enough? And a new book coming out called Is It Just Me. She just speaks the language so clearly of young women, what they're going through, what they're facing and really just interprets things so clearly. I'm such a big fan. I got to know Grace in the virtual world. When my book first came out, I was like, I love everything you're doing on the online world. Can you please just put a few words together at the back of my book? And she did. So I feel like Grace is a long lost friend. So I'm so excited to share her awesomeness with you guys today. Grace, say hello.
1: Hello and Just to reiterate everything Katie says, I feel like Katie is a long lost friend, the person. I'll read her stuff and I'm like, crap, I still need that. Like I need that over and over again. And so I'm just so thankful for everything you do and just the way you love and live out your life. And I just like watching you like as a mother and as like as a mentor and cheerleader for a young woman. It's just so cool. that You kind of do it all. And it's just something that I admire and I hope to be like one day, hope to be like today. And so I just appreciate you, Katie. And I think of you as a friend. That's someone
0: I look. Oh, to you're the best! Well, I appreciate that so much. My heart is for young people, and to think that I can make a difference in you because you're such an amazing influencer—that means the world. So I appreciate that. Oh, <laughs> Okay. So tell me about this girl, Grace. You are a college student when I first met you, but you have these big dreams to write a book. You start with this, am I enough movement? Like take us back to the, where all of this started for a little bit.
1: Yeah. And sometimes I like, cause I, I feel like you have been there basically for the past two years and so much of my life has changed and it is crazy to think about it, but I mean, it started I was a sorority girl, so I was a Pi-Fi. I know you have a lot of sorority girls. So shout, shout out to Pi-Fis. I know. Pi Phi. Loved it and at Baylor University, and it was such a great opportunity for me. But just like you, I think I struggled to find myself in college, and Baylor was a Christian school, and I grew up in South Louisiana in the suburbs near New Orleans, and things were just kind of different there than a Christian private school. And I went to public school my whole life when I was in elementary, middle, and high school. And I was very much the Christian girl. It became my identity at high school. I was class president. I was the girl who had it all. But I also was the girl in middle school in ninth grade and tenth grade who was bullied. And then the puberty happened, and I turned out to be, like, I saw, like, how people treated you differently when you began to look kind of cute. But then I became obsessed with looks in high school. That's very much part of my story. I had an eating disorder. I was spending every night at the gym. And then I got to college And the high school girl who had it all, who's class president, who was super cute and was the Christian girl, got to college where everyone's Christian and Christianity looked different than what I thought it did because I was kind of like living to – like my faith became my identity and not my relationship with Christ. And so Mm -hmm. it wasn't really faith. It was just – this Christian girl like what's the good Christian girl gonna do in New Orleans Louisiana and when I got to Baylor at a private school where it was all different it was so different so then I feel like I just struggled a lot in the beginning of college and that's where like I reconnected with Jesus and found myself being like okay what is sin what is my relationship with God like that is between me and God and I need to figure that out first and grow with him um and once I had that kind of like was working on that, I felt like I had to write about it. And I had to write funny articles, but also spiritual articles. And I worked for a website called the Odyssey at first. And it was such a great learning experience. And I remember they were like, it was more of a secular website. And then when my Christian articles started doing well, they're like, okay, write more of those Christian things. That's so great. People want that. And I'm like, so weird. Like, And then all of a sudden I was like, you know what? I want to create my own space, my own website with gracevalentine.org, which at the time was the Enough movement. And it was just a blog where girls could go and find a bunch of different articles that will help them when they feel broken. And kind of the quote that I always lead with is be who you needed when you were younger. like, And so that's what that became that. And then after that website... I was like, I want to write a book, and I'm an Enneagram 3, and I think you are too, right, Katie?
0: Yes, yes, I am. I feel
1: like most authors are Enneagram 3s. I know. Drive to succeed and prove everyone. Yeah, um, We think we know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, I want to write a book. I feel called to write a book. It felt like God was leading me, and when I look back on my life, there were so many moments. Like when I was 12, I was like, I'm going to write a book. Obviously, at that point, it was going to be a fiction love story where two people fell in love. Obviously. Um, so but. things have changed since then. And then I just bought books on how to write a book, watched every video, and just emailed like over like two hundred agents. It felt like being like someone take me, someone take me. And then there was a guy who had like one opening at the time, and he just championed me. And he's like, it's funny because he's like, like a like 60 year old man in Oregon <laughs> in like such a different world. Like time change is always ha- like hard for that. And he's like, I believe in this book. And so then I published my first book in 2018 of July and I get to travel just like you do and talk to girls a lot of times. Obviously it's different because as we're recording this, yeah. COVID is a big deal, but it's just really cool because I feel like I'm still learning. I'm 24 at this point. Like all this started when I was still in college and I was still so broken and still so learning Um, And so I feel like my whole writing base and when I write, it's supposed to be like, okay, you know, I'm learning too. This sucks in my life. I'm confused by boys too. I'm 24 and I still cry over boys who I never even dated. You know, that's just how it works. And that's life. And I'm figuring it out and let's do this together and let's use scripture and figure out what this means for our world and our purpose.
0: Oh my gosh. I love all of this. So I love, first of all, that, you know, you started, I would say maybe the genesis of this is starting writing with the Odyssey and just discovering that you have, you can write, you can write a blog and you're not bad at it and people are liking it. And then you write, make your own space on the internet. I'm just kind of like putting this together. And then you're like, maybe there's more to this. And think about writing a book, get rejected by a million publishers. Right. Mm -hmm. But then finally find your spot and become an author at age twenty-two. That's a—is that right? Is that how old you yeah, were? Yeah, yeah,
1: you got it. Good. That was impressive, Katie. <laughs> just,
0: I'm taking yeah. notes.
1: Well, yeah, no, and I think, and I am—I'm stubborn. Like, and I look back, and I'm so thankful because now I look at the odds of publishing a book at my age, and most people wouldn't take me because I was too young. And they—I had some agents who be like, you know what, like I, you're so young. I love your drive and your belief and eagerness. Like, but like, get some more. Learn some more, and I'm like, I'm tired of people telling me to learn some more. Like, yes, I need to learn some more, and they're a thing I can do, but like, I believe God has called me to where I'm at at this age, and nothing's gonna stop me. And I look, and I think as you get older, you become more realistic, and your dreams. Um, and I was joking the other day, listening to a song 1985, but it's like her dreams went out the door when she turned 24. And I'm like, oh my gosh, i watching so many people I know do that give up on those little dreams in our heart, and even our purpose and what God has called us to because of. we think we're realistic now. And no, don't like believe in them. Like if God called you to it, he'll at least lead you through it for a reason. You know, you may not publish the book, but you, in the way you thought, but you'll get your message out somehow if he has put that on your heart. And so I'm so thankful. I was such a stubborn college kid who was like, eh, they rejected me. I will edit it some more, but I'm sending it to another 50 agents. And so...
0: That's so good. That's probably your Enneagram threeness coming out. But that's so true. I mean, so so they say no one time. Oh well, brush it off. Like uh my first sales job, my I remember my boss was like stuck with me. He was like, anytime you get a no, get excited because that means statistically you are closer to your next yes. And I'm like I love that. Yes. I know. So stick oh, okay. that stuck with me.
1: Okay. No, seriously. I know, right? <laughs> that's so true. I think in your your twenties, and this is truth for your twenties, you were taught as a generation because of social media and we advertise our best in our resume almost to hide our failures but our failures truly do lead us to where we're supposed to be and even when I look back on my past and I feel like you can relate to this like who I was like me being the drunk girl at frat parties that led me to where I was supposed to be I don't want to repeat that especially at 24. if I show up to Uh Sae would be a problem. (laughs) Just be like, grow up, Grace. But Uh who I was then is not something that I'm going to ever be ashamed of, or think I have to hide. But at the same time, I can learn from that, and I can grow from that. And God wants to use you where you are at, and also lead you to your purpose and your potential that you do have.
0: Mm. So good. And I want to point out something that I did not learn until later in life that I think that you've probably already got is I would have told myself at your age, well, someone else is already speaking to young people. Someone else is older than me, smarter than me. Someone else is, you know, you might look at like the Lisa Turkhurst with all these incredible books and someone else, so to speak. But what I love that you're doing is even though that you're in the middle of this, you're still young, you're still the struggles with boys, you're still the struggle with, you know, finding your identity, which I don't know that you ever grow out of. Well, hopefully you grow out of struggles with boys when you get married, but you know what I mean? All women (laughs) struggle with insecurity and you're writing from a place that is in it. So I just want to point out, like, it's so interesting that that voice is so needed. You know, so many people will tell themselves, well, someone else is doing it, but your perspective is different. And it's so valuable. And I just, I love
1: that. Yes. And same for anyone of all ages too. I think there's always, if anything, I think women, we're not each other's opponents and we're not each other's competition. We're each other's teammates. And so I want to hear her voice and I want to hear her voice. We always need another voice, especially a voice in our generation speaking about Jesus Christ. Because other than when you open up your phone, there's plenty of people not speaking about Jesus Christ and having a spiritual view of len- in lens of things. And so, to the girl who's listening to this, who wants to get into writing or mentorship or to lead other girls, like just because, and she may be a better writer than you. I do. I will believe Lisa Turkers is probably a better writer than me. Oh,
0: yeah, <laughs> she's amazing.
1: She, there's enough room for two of us, like two yes. people to write about Jesus because it's going to be different. And just because someone's better than you does not mean you're not qualified to to also do it. And so that's something that I've been lately reflecting on.
0: Yes, my hands are in the air. I'm just like, yes, we can't say that enough because there could be 400 people writing the same exact blog post you're writing right now write it anyway, because people are going to relate to you differently. People see you differently. You're in a different area of the country. Like it's your voice is still Mm -hmm. needed, especially if it is a voice of light and goodness and Jesus.
1: Oh, 100%.
0: (laughs) Okay. So tell us about the first book. Why did you write it? What's it about all of that good stuff?
1: Yeah, so it's t- titled Am I Enough with a question mark. Everyone always will be like, "I I just read I am enough." And I'm like, "Maybe that's kind of like the answer." But like <laughs> book <before laughs> is titled Am I Enough question mark, am um, embracing the like the tr- like like to let go of the lies and embracing the truth about who God says you are. And I wrote it because you no, know, when I was in college and when I was in high school, I just felt like no matter what happened, I was still struggling with insecurity. And it's a like classic, you're like, "Okay, I don't feel pretty enough. And I'm like, this sucks. Like there's no cure to this insecurity. And then finally, I realized that walking with Jesus doesn't mean that confidence is like a destination. It's something that I have to like embrace and dress myself in daily. Like I have to choose to be confident. I have to choose to embrace who God met me. It's a dance. It's something that I have to follow the Lord's lead. Let him take me step by step. Not something that I'll just like I can just have one day and forever I'm good. You know, it's not like a vaccination you, or or like a shot where like you get it and you're forever going to be good for a season. Like no, like you yeah. have to wake up and choose it. And the whole idea of am I enough is the idea of no, you're not going to be enough for this world. There's always going to be another girl prettier, more successful. There's going to be a guy out there who may still break your heart no matter how great you are. Um but and this Gigi Hadid who at the end of the day she's prettier than me and I I can't even be mad about it, but at the end of the day That's not what life's about. And when I walk in my purpose and stop trying to pursue prettiness and pursue other people's opinions and pleasing those, then I can actually embrace who God created and find my confidence in Him.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. I love it. I love it so much. So today on a day-to-day basis, you are a pastor at a church, right? Students?
1: So I actually recently transitioned, and I don't mind talking about this. So I was the girls minister, and then my church had to furlough a lot of people. Um, I think it was like 80 at once. And honestly, it it sucked. It sucked to be furloughed. Um, And I had just bought a house, and I had, like, budgeted for this. And I think with COVID coming, I think no one expected what it was going to do to so many people. Um, And I'm sure there's a girl listening to this who also was laid off or who had to skip a semester because her parents – Couldn't pay or whatever. And so I was furloughed. And then later I was offered my job back, but I just really felt like God was calling me to finally step away, even though I loved it. And I think it's so important to walk with girls. And I'm excited for this new season where I'll be a volunteer and not on staff. Um, But I just feel like it was so exciting for me to take this opportunity, what was a no and what felt like a hurt. And be like, you know what? This is God revealing something new to me in this new season. So I worked for two years as a girls minister at a great church. And I loved it. And it was a great opportunity to disciple girls firsthand. Because I think so often we all want to travel and tell people about Jesus. But if you're not leading a small group, how can you lead a, like a stadium of people? How can you yeah. lead a room of people? And that's something I hope to always continue. Um, especially a room that hopefully in a group that's diverse, that has a worldly View so that I can get that firsthand and not live in a bubble of Christian professionalism. <laughs> That's not real. Um, but yeah, I recently transitioned out. I felt like the furlough was God saying, you know what, time to move on. And you had your season and it was great. I loved giving to the church, but next step but it was hard so as I share this like I my friends will come over and they'll ask sometimes recently and I'll still cry like I'll be like because yeah. oh. like, I think a lot of us didn't get the goodbyes we wanted with corona a lot of seniors didn't get the goodbyes they wanted and I felt like I didn't get the goodbye from that position I didn't I didn't end on stage with everyone praying over for me for my yeah. next season and like like you dream of after working at a church and yeah. I really think that was God though being like this is this is your next and I need to chase my next
0: and you're in North Carolina now, right?
1: No, no, no. Sorry. My life, I'm all over. I visited my family. My family lives in North Carolina. I still live in Orlando. So okay. So in Florida, I just love the mountains. So I probably post more in the mountains than I do uh-huh. in Florida in the summer because it's so hot. But um, I live in Orlando. I worked in Orlando and I had just bought a house before Corona, like a small little, cute little house. And I have, I live with four girls and we feel like we're in a sorority house again. We're like, yeah, <laughs> like, you know. Like I walk out of my robe and then people are like, you're not wearing like a shirt. I'm like, ah, forget, you know, <laughs> I there's a boy coming. Cause I will walk out that I can but, <laughs> um, it's been great. And they've been great community for me too. And we all got Corona actually. We oh, all no, really, you know, um, it was just like, and we were doing good at distancing ourselves. And then someone, we, someone was exposed and then, We all got tested. It was like all three were positive, but the one with the most symptoms was negative, but we just assumed she had it too. Oh, wow. But yeah, so life's been an adventure lately as I share this with you, but I love Orlando. Orlando definitely feels like home. I have so much peace and I feel like God has called me here for a while, so-
0: Well, I feel like you're just a ray of sunshine. So living in sunny Florida just makes perfect sense.
1: <laughs> it's sun- It's very sunny in the summer, that's for sure. And so yes. I'm excited for it to be like December again when it's not like 110 degrees. Because I like to go on runs and runs have been awful. Yes. And so if I go and I'm planning on going on a run after this with a friend and we're both like, we're so scared, it's so hot. So <laughs> we'll figure out how this will go
0: that's awesome okay so the first book am I enough it's so needed I love so many things that you're posting on the interwebs (laughs) and you do these little ebooks which I think are brilliant and some of the ones that have stood out to me recently are like to the girl who thinks that she is not enough or I think you said to the girl who thinks she's too much but like those go in the same right because usually you think you're too much and not enough at the same time so tell us a little bit about like what you what you would tell that girl
1: yeah and I think I think I relate to that too, just as like a personality that has always been like chasing my dreams. Um, I'm, I do, be- I believe strongly in woman empowerment and I never shy away from that. Um, and I did work at a Southern Baptist church where it wasn't talk woman empowerment wasn't talked about. And I had no issue telling people like, you know, what, there should be more women on that stage. Like women can yeah. preach, you know? And I know there's different theological, but I always believe that a woman has a right to speak and lead at a church. And I think to the girl who thinks she's too much really resonates with me in that mini book, ebook that I wrote. Because I think we as women have been taught to be like small and silent and pretty and cute. And there's nothing wrong with moments where you want to be quiet. But we also forget that we have a savior who literally told us like go and tell. Like the first people when he rose from the dead. And he told that he rose from the dead was Mary and Mary. Like, the- yes. That. And he said, Go and tell your brothers what you have seen. And when I think about a savior that purposely, in a time when women were 20 million times more persecuted than they are today in America, when he said, Go and tell your brothers, they were the first evangelism. They were the first women who were told to do something crazy for the gospel. And so I look at that story. And that's something that resonates in my life because I'm like, you know what? I have this in my heart. Go and tell. And I will continue to go and tell. You might think I'm too much. You might think I'm too loud, that my voice is too annoying, that I am too crazy, that women are supposed to be silent and sit still. But like, this is my calling and this is my purpose. And I'm going to live every day and live that out. And even for the girl who... Isn't really into Christianity, but she has a dynamic personality. I just feel like the world has done injustice to a lot of women by making you feel like you have to be small to be pretty and you have to be small to be listened to, and that like you're supposed to just be this vessel that works one way because we are dynamic, just like men come in all different like personalities and giftings. So do women. And so, if to so the girl who thinks she's too much was basically kind of like, don't ever like feel like you have to dim your lighten your sparkle to please others like if they don't like you then you know move on like yes. you're not living for them you're not gonna waste your time focusing on their opinion you're gonna live every day and live out the calling lord cat and i wrote that to myself in that period because i was like you know i feel like people do think i'm too much but i don't care so i'm Good. gonna that's my purpose and yeah but i love writing the many books because they are opportunities i feel like I like to think, like, what is a 20-year-old something thinking these days? And there was one, like, for the college students who are worried about how different the semester will be. And I'm like, you know, you have every right to be upset. Like, granted, there's bigger issues out there. Like, people are dying from COVID. That there are, like, Black Lives Matter, the movement, is so important and deserves all the voices. However, you can still be a little disappointed that you might not get a football season. You can still yeah. be disappointed you didn't get a graduation. Like just because someone's whole body hurts doesn't mean your arm doesn't hurt. And yeah. so, it's been cool to like try to be like, what are the people that I write for going through right now? Like, what are their feelings? What, how are they feeling? God has abandoned them. How are they just feeling disappointed? And the mini books are a tool to kind of meet people where they're at, and especially meet non believers. I like to throw Jesus in there at the end, like you know, like okay, this is a Bible story that relates to this, like you know. Um, cause I'm really hoping that people who don't normally read Christian things would somehow click on that. Cause they think, oh, that's me and yeah. that they can read the gospel in a creative way.
0: Girl, I'm like nodding. So I had to hold my headphones from not shaking and pulling up on the audio because I'm like, yes, yes, yes. But all that you're saying, have you heard of the book, the gospel according to Eve?
1: No, I haven't. Oh my
0: gosh. You would love it. Shout out to my friend Ariana. If she's listening to this, she told me about it and so much about women in the church and this woman she you know grew up sit still and look pretty kind of church girl okay i'm interested in being a biblical teacher but i'll just Do a Sunday school class or, you know, teach the kids or whatever my place is. But in her studies, she found how so many women, like you're saying, were the first missionaries, the first people to go and tell, the first people to change the world. My favorite woman in the Bible is the woman at the well. Her name isn't even recorded, but she was she was actually martyred for her faith. She was the one who's like, oh my gosh, let me tell you about the guy who knew everything about me. And her and her sisters and her sons, like all of them, became missionaries because of her story. Anyway, so Jesus was never the one silenced. He was the first feminist. I mean, he was the first like, no, women mm-hmm. have and- a voice. So anyway, the the fact that uh, men, w- I'm sorry, women have been silenced in the church is totally made up by humans because Jesus is all about our voice.
1: So yes. <laughs> oh, one hundred percent. And I'm such a firm believer. And that Jesus was literally the first feminist. He was the first one who was equally looking at men and women the same. And saw, hey, there's a need for this person to meet Jesus. There's a need for this. And there's a need for that person to share it. And there's a need for that person to share it. And so like the more I read scripture on my own, the more I realize that too. And I think it's empowering for me to think, you know, I'm not too much because Jesus wants to use me. And he wants to use my voice. He wants to use your voice, whoever's listening to this. And just because you're a woman doesn't mean it has to look a certain way. And someone's Christian faith and the way that they make disciples can look totally different than yours. And that is okay. Someone may need to be the girl who drives people around from parties and takes them home and be the DD. And that's the way she takes opportunities to meet the younger girls and get to know about Jesus. And some girls may need to leave the Bible study in the small group that's in the church like building and there's a need for both kind of ministries and evangelism. And so find that, like find your spark and find what Jesus is calling you and live that out.
0: Totally agree. All right. Are you still doing the podcast? I'm tired.
1: Yes. I've taken a break. So as we record this, it's the summer and it will start back in like August, September. And I respect people who keep podcasts going all the time because it's so hard. It It is hard. And I have a friend who helps me record, luckily, and he has a nine to five job. So it's like working out our schedules, but it will be aired during this time. Yes, I have a podcast. It's been really fun for, I feel like, to engage with my readers, for them to hear my voice, because I feel like so often, like, it's the interweb. And I'm like, I want them to know my personality. Like, I I can joke. Like, (laughs) I can, can, like, talk about Bachelor. And so I've enjoyed doing that.
0: I love that. And you really are really good at that. I think that everyone looks across their screens and sees a friend. And I think that that is like your secret sauce, because you are a friend to everyone. You know, I think about um, Bob Goff being everyone's favorite father. I feel like you're everyone's best friend.
1: Oh, <laughs> that's so sweet. And that means a lot to me. And so uh, especially I mean, I met Bob Goff once. And so I the idea of him, it was like he came to Baylor and I waited in line. Um, so <laughs> I just heard- oh, I'm obsessed.
0: Y'all are best friends, basically.
1: And like I said, I try to advertise myself as someone who's going through the mess too, like, or maybe just one step ahead, but this is what I learned. And this is what scripture based. I am so far from learning it all together. Like I'm single. I'm 24. I'm still figuring out life. Like, I don't even know where I'll be like in two years. So like life's an adventure, but like we're living it all. We're all doing our part and we're all learning here. And like, I hope we all can just get, make this world a little sweeter and make heaven more crowded one day. Well,
0: traveling to colleges is not happening so much this semester, but by golly, I'm having so much fun Zooming it up with awardees all over the nation. And I can do this so much more often. I had three Zoom events last week, and I would love to be able to have a Zoom event with your chapter as well. It is not too late to book it for fall, maybe even spring semester if you want. Check out katiebolmer.life for all the details on a virtual Zoom event to bring the sorority girls can change the world message to your college or university. The secret is out. I am partnering with Elevari Jewelry to help bring young women a tangible piece to help remind you that you belong to a larger sisterhood. There is a war out there after your heart, and I believe that we can come together as women and realize that we can stand strong, united as women of faith and have a tangible piece of jewelry to remind us that we belong to something bigger than ourselves. I'm also really excited to announce with Elevari Jewelry, we are doing philanthropy give back fundraisers. Giving back to your philanthropy should not be canceled because of this crazy semester, and we're making it super easy for you. All you have to do is pick a promo code and a date range that you want to run your special, and 15% of all the proceeds will go back to your sorority's philanthropy. Check out all the details either at my website, katiebulmer.life or elevarijewelry.com. Looking cute, making a difference for your philanthropy, changing the world, and strengthening sisterhood. You guys, I am here for it okay so talk to us about the new book is it just me where did that come from what was the writing process like what can we look forward to in that
1: yeah and so i'm really excited and it comes out february 9th 2021 and the writing process well like i said i mean with the church like being furloughed obviously i don't hold any resentment in any way of that but like that obviously it hurt just like i think anyone would say about a career and. There were other hurts that I felt like I faced this year. And it's funny because when I started the book, I wanted to write a book about trust issues. That was kind of my plan. And it ended up being like trust issues, dig deeper from hurts that we have faced in the past, uh, doubts we believe currently, and fears that we have about the future. And that's something that I very much believe. And I... Every time I thought of them, I'm like, maybe this is just me. Like, maybe this is only me who thinks this. And then I was like, no, let me write it down because every time I've learned, I've opened my mouth and say something personal, there's always someone who's like, wait, I thought that too. And so that's kind of what the book came out of. But before, I remember praying and being like, God, like, make this. Like, I need some good more writing material. Like, just like, test me if I need to. And I just felt like this past year was like, obviously, in the grand scheme of life, I'm so lucky. My health is fine. I'm happy but like I just went through like basic girl hurts this past year and with the like furloughs with like boys and with my life and my purpose and figuring out more who I am in this post-grad life and looking back on who I was in college and the life that I lived and reflecting on the shame that I felt I just very much feel like this book came to life during this season as I was writing it and so it's like I felt like I was learning but also living it and that's how the book came about, but it's for the girl who kind of feels like she's struggling and she's just like, it's just me out there. Is it just me who's dealing with these hurts, doubts, and fears? Is it just me? Am I the only one who feels this way? Um, and it's supposed to be a book that says, you know what? I get it. This life can sometimes suck. Like we all go through things. We all overreact, overthink none of us are as chill as we like to proclaim we are, but like God is there and he will take our trust issues and renew our strength. And so the anchor verse for the whole book is, even youth go tra- tired and weary, young men stumble and fall, but those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. They'll soar on wings like eagles, they'll walk and not grow faint. Um, and that comes from Isaiah. And so, yeah, we have trust issues. We all got baggage. But when we trust in the Lord, he will renew our strength so that we can get through the everyday hustle when our busyness over. Obs- overwhelms us, when we feel like life is not on our side, when the boy breaks up with us, when the job lets us go, when we can't hear God and everyone's talking about how God spoke to them. It's for those moments and how to have that true trust to get you through and to renew your strength in those hard days.
0: Oh, that's so needed. And I love your perspective on it and your relatability, just the way you write. like, And it's just so relatable, like I said, like a friend. So I I can't wait. So people can go ahead and pre-order that in September.
1: Yes. It will be on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, um, Christian Book. If you call your local books, bookstore and ask the pre-order, I'm sure they can make that happen for you too. Um, support small businesses yes. as well. And then I'll have pre-order incentives. Right now I'm coming up with them. So check out my Instagram when it comes to figuring out what those pre-order incentives are. I can't wait to find out what they are too. <laughs> <laughs> I am working on those right now as we say that. I'm sure they are great. I'm sure they are if they're from you. <laughs> totally go get them totally
0: <laughs> well no just a shout out um when you pre-order stuff guys it really really helps the author so it's just kind of one of the best compliments you can give them so if you love grace as much uh-huh. as i do please give her do her a solid and hit the pre-order i
1: know i didn't realize that until i became an author like that's how bookstores determine how many books are on the shelf yeah. so if you if you don't get many pre-orders then they may not house it in every brands and Noble. so it's like If you believe in the author's message, and I'm not saying this just for me. Obviously, I hope you pre-order. But if you believe in any author's message, like, for instance, I love Lisa Turkus. I know she's about to produce this bomb book in November because she just released, like, a cover of it, um, Forgiving What You Can't Forget. And so I'm pre-ordering it because I also want more girls in Barnes & Noble to see more of those books and that to be what they see at the shelf. Like, you know, that when they are praying to God and be like, reveal something to me that I need right now that can be the book and there'll be enough for each of the girls who need it. And so do it because of ministry, do it because you want this author to have the most reach and be able to reach the most girls who are just scanning the shelves, looking for something to comfort them in that moment. And so I'm a big, I, now that I know pre-orders are important every time I respect an author, whether I know them or not, I'm like pre-order. pre-order. Yes.
0: Well, that goes back to my passion. Um, I was in marketing as my background. And so uh, we, you vote for the type of world you want to see by the dollars you spend. So we say, oh, this is a great author. But when you put your dollars to it and support them, like that, that changes everything. So support what you believe in with your dollars, especially my influential world changing sorority women, because you're trendsetters. I mean, you just are. I yeah. can show you statistics. Yeah.
1: I love, I love what you speak. And I know I feel like I've heard this. Um, in one of your little clips about how comfort colors is what did it. Wow. And I look back, I'm like, I and I remember being in high school and I just saw like the, the the fun sorti girls who were like two years older than me. And I went and I got comfort color t-shirts. And I wasn't even in that age demographic yet, but I'm like, the sorority girls did it. Like, and even it's just funny how everyone really is an influencer on their own. I think we we look at people who have like like 20,000 or like 50,000 followers, like you're an influencer. I'm like, no, everyone is, yeah. especially when you're in a woman as powerful and as like beautiful of the community as a sorority can be.
0: Um, uh, 100%. So. Yes. 100%. People don't think of themselves as influencers, but you are, you totally are. If you have one follower, you have an influencer because that one person hit follow on purpose because they like you, they like your content. Mm-hmm. They want to hear from you. And I guarantee you everyone listening to this has more than one follower. So Yes. That was that. Okay. Um, this is just, I could just talk to you for days. This is so good. One subject that you alluded to that is such a hot topic to our young people friend. And I still remember, I think it was like your Insta profile talked about this like a hundred years ago when we became best friends, but it was something along the lines of like helping girls not to find worth in silly boys. <laughs> I don't remember your exact wording, but something like that.
1: I, like I said, I'm single. I'm 24. I know how this works. We all will talk to a guy who's mediocre, he will make us feel wanted for like a couple months, and we're, we forget. Do we even like him yeah. or do we like feeling wanted? Um, and then you're talking to him for a while. You don't even date, but you're putting your worth in this guy who's not even worth your time. Like I, I know how the show works yeah. is what I'm trying to say. And I participate in the show way too many times. And so I, like, I look and like – I mean I still struggle with boys because I'm 24 and I'm single. And so I don't ever – Realize that sometimes I'm pursuing feeling wanted, and not pursuing a man of God, or letting God pers- have a man pursue me. In retrospect, um, and I love like what you've posted too about your husband, like the way he leads and loves. And we forget that we deserve that. And sometimes we look back on our past and we think, okay, that's for that little cute Christian girl, like the best girl in my sorority. That's for the girl whose hands are always up every worship song. That's for that girl. I'm like, no, that's for you. Like we can all walk in this freedom and if we all hold our standards and our worth high. Like then we will have the opportunity to find men who rise up to the challenge, but they're not going to be coming out like crazy. Like there aren't as many as there are of the bad fish, but you shouldn't waste your time with the, with the voice who talk to you for six months and leave you unread and confuse you and play games and go in and out. And so I'm a firm believer in that. And I say that because I've loved it and I learn it over and over again. And God's always right. There is something better out there in store for me. And that's not my purpose.
0: And women, there's so much research on this. Women who raise the bar and say, oh, wait, What? You're not opening the door for me? Oh, wait, what? You want to lead me to the bedroom when we met like four minutes ago? Like, no, not even a question in their mind. And they raise the bar. Guys will raise up to meet your standards. Guys want to romance and chase your heart. Like that's what every romantic movie is about. But girls are just like, oh, well, I have to lower my standards to meet them. No, 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 no. No, not even for a second. I'm
1: to I feel like what a lot of girls too is like, I'm chill, I'm a bro, I don't care. And I'm like, shut up, we all care. Yeah. We have emotions. Like, you don't have to pretend to be this chill bro who drinks with beers with the boys. Like, you can just be your crazy bachelor loving, like yeah, be a girl. and like let him rise up to the challenge. And you don't have to succumb also because you're not doing him justice too. And there's actually a story in my next book about this. I joke about how there was this guy that like I went on multiple dates with and And I had, like, the, the, like, the classic girl thing where, like, I investigated him. And I honestly didn't hear good things. Like, it wasn't like people were like, this is a man of God. People were like, really? Like, he asked you on a date? Like, I'm like, yeah. We, like, went on a couple, like, a lot of dates. Like, I, like, we were talking for, like, at least, like, two months, three months, um, and I would joke with my friends like he's not kissing me like and I had heard all these crazy things about him and I was like yeah I don't I don't get it and I'm here this Christian author girl who like tells girls all the time like hold your standard tie but I'm like why in that world is this boy not kissing me like what am I doing wrong I talked to all my guy friends like, what am I doing wrong called my best friend Sam from college who's a guy and he goes I got no clue like he hasn't made a move like and I'm like no and I'm like Finally, I realized this is so sad that I've come to this belief that it's confusing if a guy's not making a move after even three, four days. Like we're not dating. We're not in a relationship. No, Doug's not making a move. He's trying to respect me. And I am for some reason dimming that and thinking that's different and crazy and that's different and good. Yeah. Um. And so obviously we weren't meant to be, but I look back and I'm like, why did I overthink him not kissing me so much or making a move? Like that was great. And that was so admirable. And I should have been praising that and being like, thank you, God. For someone who is getting to know me personally, not being like, am I not attractive? Like, does he not like me enough? <laughs> and I think girls do that. We we say we want more, but then we don't hold guys to the standards. And I'm like, if I do that after a whole book and traveling to speak and... All this and telling girls that they're worth more, then there's a girl here who tells her friend she's worth more, but still accepts the bad boys herself. Yes. And when we raise the bar, we can't think that it's weird all of a sudden that a guy's not doing something that we're used to. Yes. Because it's different, and that's a good thing.
0: Yeah. I'm just saying it's all very countercultural. Um, and so we think that, oh wait, am I not attractive because he hasn't wanted to make out with me? Like, no, he's, he's a man of respect. I mean, hopefully it sounds like a good thing, but yeah, we, we think it's weird because of romance culture or the bachelor or whatever else has made us think that it's not normal.
1: Or even just what we hear in girl talk, naturally. You're like, oh, this is just what happens. Like, like the, the question is always, do you kiss on the first date? It's never, do you kiss when you're actually in a, re- do you wait to kiss till you're actually in a relationship and have had like serious talks, you know? Um, and we've just like moved the bar. And so as Christians, we have to be okay with being different. And it's not different because we're trying to be weird. Um, Christianity isn't lame. And I, my, my new thing I'm on is trying to prove that Christianity is an adventure. It's not lame. But especially when it comes to boys, it's so important. I feel like for a woman to realize you're not weird for wanting, like the guy who doesn't like make out with you, the guy who doesn't make you feel uncomfortable on the first or date, the guy who waits to be in a serious relationship with you before making a move. Like it's not weird to want that. Yeah. Like make it's cool. Like it's so respectful, um, and you deserve that.
0: Okay, this is a personal question, and this is I, I dated a long time ago. I've been married for sixteen years. <laughs> But when you are dating and trying to, you know, keep your standards high, how do you do this? Like, are there conversations that you have early on? Like, Hey, first date, by the way, I'm not going to go home with you. Like, how are there ways? or there standards? To, can you help navigate that for the girls? Yeah,
1: and I think like for me, like, what's your career? I'm like, actually, I'm, um, <laughs> I did this Christian author thing. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. would immediately turn people up. But there are also, I've had people who aren't even Christian at all. Ask me on dates even recently. Um, and so when they're not even Christian at all, like there's no point of entertaining right. it. Um, and like, I'm talking like straight up atheists. However, if they're Christian and they're learning like, Oh, I'm a big believer in saying yes to first dates, you know, see how they're, if they pursue you, whatever, when it comes to how far to go. And if that's a conversation, um, there has been times when I'll be like, I just want you to know, like, we're not like, I just, we're not like, I'm not the kind of girl who does this. And I say it casually, but also straight yeah. up. Um, that's only if I feel like the guy's pressuring me in that moment. And so usually when you say that, they're like, no, it wasn't. Uh-huh. Um, but also I've been on plenty of coffee dates where I don't feel that way. And that's because I met this guy in a Christian way and he's not trying that. And I would encourage girls, like if you're trying to date in a Christian way, like date during the day. Um, I look back and even that guy that I was just talking about, I won't forget. There was one time I was like, yeah, you can just like come over and hang out. Like 'Cause he was like in town for something I'm like just, if you just want to come over and hang out. And he goes, actually, like, I was thinking, like, what have you not done? Like, what breakfast places have you not gone to yet? Like, I would love to take you to breakfast in the morning. And I was like, Okay, definitely aren't kissing at breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> and then like, I remember being like, This is so weird. Like, why doesn't he just want to chill thing? And I'm like, Oh, he's trying to be the good guy. And so, like, creating morning dates, being not like me and just inviting someone to your house, I was dumb. Even though I didn't mean it in like a like booty call way, <laughs> I just wasn't a space for one him to pursue me and two for myself to be valued um and so but creating morning dates i think are like a big thing if someone says let's get dinner and it's the first date be like hey let's get breakfast let's get coffee but i have friends who've met online like good for them and that's harder i think because sometimes it's like how do you explain that you're christian like on an online dating app and i know a lot of girls do that um but if you do do that just make it like very known like talk about your faith and when you watch someone who's a believer talk about their faith, it looks a lot different than someone pretending to be a yeah. believer. And so I think that's the best way. And just being like, where do you go to church? If they don't have an answer, they're probably not pursuing the Lord daily. Yeah. Um, just Asking things like that.
0: Oh, that's so good. No, I mean, that's great advice. And I, I really just have one experience of dating in a Christian way. And that was my husband because, well, I became a believer about six months before I met him. And so everyone I dated before that was... It, it was. I, I mean, it was like we were dating people on different planets. I mean, like it was just so different when I dated my husband, and all of that, mm-hmm. like weird in a good way. Like, oh right, yeah. Like, of course you don't want to like make out right now. Like, yeah, I didn't either. I just was mm-hmm. seeing like.
1: A- <laughs> yeah I didn't either. No, me, <laughs> <A> kiss? No, <laughs> but no. And that's so important for I like for people to like understand that it's going to be different. and It's probably going to feel weird, especially if that's your past. Yeah. It's, Making sure like I put myself out there but I don't like I don't seek it. And that's something in this I've been doing lately where I'm like, I'm not desperate for a guy. I have confidence in who I am and what God wants me to do now and I'm not gonna force it to happen. And so I'm a big believer in girls, don't force it. We joke about manifesting, like you don't have to manifest anything. God's at work, like it's gonna happen. Um, If it's God's will and it's going to happen in his way.
0: And it's, it happens to be bonus points a million times more attractive. The girl who is living her life, becoming the best version of herself, not desperately waiting around for a dude. So bonus points on that. Exactly.
1: And so, and, I do – my biggest as a single person is I hate when people – I don't know if any other single girls can relate to this out there. When people are like, it happens when you least expect it. And I believe that is true. And all my friends still say it. Like, Grace, one day you'll you'll understand why we say that. And I'm like, I – because every day then I'm like, okay, not expecting it. <laughs> not expecting it. I'm like at the point where I'm like, I'm really not expecting it. You know, like there is nothing in me that's expecting it. Um, but I, I tell the single girls, I'm just trying to say I get it. Like you get told these things. Everyone's like, a man of God's coming. Just give it to God's time. You're like, it's not gonna happen. It's not me. Like that's everyone else's story. But I'm a big believer that it will be our stories too if we just focus on our purpose. And there's gonna be someone out there who wants to live that life with us because we are, like you said, Katie, we're so work, like working on ourselves. We're yeah. growing. That's gonna be an attractive thing. And I want a guy to think that's attractive more than he thinks like a bikini picture or like me. Me saying the right thing, flipping my hair right, like doing all these flirty tricks girls will say. I'm like, I would rather a guy be like, Man, she's on fire for God and I wanna serve yes. with her
0: yes 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 my hands just went up when you said that amen and uh bonus points what last when you're 60 the bikini picture won't be the same but your dedication to the lord and your personality
1: will get saggy like life will change and who's gonna actually be holding your hands yes. and that's important for us to say the same thing about guys though because i've noticed we are like look so mad he shouldn't care about this i'm like well we have to be able to say the same thing too like we have to let go of the dream of marrying the 6'5" guy. Yeah. Like we need to focus, I mean, if he's 6'5", like great, I will be happy. Mm-hmm. You know, like there will be no complaints. But we also have to understand that he may be like 5'11", five, 5'8" five, and have a heart of gold and be able to lead your kids well. And that's more important yeah. than the looks and what we've created for our series of guys that are also impossible.
0: Yes, yes, so true. Oh my gosh, I love this. Okay few quick questions. What kind of resources would you recommend to like the young girls listening? Like, obviously, you have so many great things that you've put out there, um, your Instagram, your podcast books, but like anything that has just really speaking to you lately.
1: Yeah, I mean, I love the book Get Out of Your Head by Jenny Allen. I highly recommend that I love your podcast, Aww. Katie, I think just constantly making what you listen to Christian focused, um, whether it's on your run in your car, just to remind you, Um, obviously my podcast too. love it. And I would say most importantly, get into a church. That's something I regret not fully doing well in college. Like I went to a church, but I never joined a small group. Be known at your church. Like I'm known at my Chick-fil-A because I go way too often. And they know my name. Like Grace, this is your order. Like you want people at church to view you that way. Um, and be like, you know, this is your place. This is your home. You come here all the time. And so I know it feels weird, especially if you feel like your testimony, Like people at school know that you were the one who was at the party last week. And I'm like, screw that. Walk into those doors and try to join a group. Um, That's the best resource I have for college girls. And obviously I have a book in mine up my next book. Um, Is it just me, but just joining a church is so important. Oh, so good. All right. Last question.
0: This is called the truth for your twenties podcast. So if you could have coffee, this wasn't too long ago, but with your 20 year old self, what would you say?
1: Um, I would say that Christianity isn't lame like you think yeah. it is and like living the Christian life isn't lame. I think I was so scared of being obedient to God and his purpose and his plans for me because I thought it was going to deprive me of fun. It was going to deprive me of friends. It was going to deprive me of my twenties, you know, like living this life, like, and I would miss out. And I think I had FOMO, like, what would I miss out on this great life if I actually was obedient to the Lord. And when you're obedient to the Lord, it is an adventure and you are doing the craziest things you'll ever do in your whole life, but crazy good. And so for the girl who I think has seen Christians that are lame and focus more on if yoga pants are a sin, like that's not Christianity. Christianity is saying yes to God and living faithfully in his calling. It's not, Just one way, and like you can have so much adventure and be obedient to God too.
0: Yes, say it louder! You're so amazing. I love every second of talking with you, my
1: friend. (sighs) Yes, I love talking to you, Katie. Like I said, I feel like you're like a mentor to me. So it's nice having like a big sister chat. I feel like you doing the same thing.
0: (gasps) I love this. Okay, what is your Instagram handle so people can go follow all of your goodness? Oh yes.
1: My Instagram handle is at The Grace Valentine. Um, I didn't want the the there, but Grace Valentine was taken. So I don't want to look like the girl's like, oh my gosh, it's The Grace Valentine. You know, but uh, my Instagram handle is at The Grace Valentine. My Twitter is at GraceV96. My website is www.gracevalentine.org. Podcast is I'm Tired by Grace Valentine. And my book that you should pre order, hopefully, is is it just me question mark
0: crushing it so good and your last name is just i mean people would i'm mean, grace valentine who doesn't want to follow a name like that i
1: know it works It works great. definitely i i have no complaints to my parents i always joke if i have a little girl one day i would love to name her valentine and call her oh but, yeah yeah you know, that ever happens so.
0: oh, yes. well grace it has been such a pleasure i know that everyone is going to love this episode as much as i did thank you so much for spending some time with us
1: thank you and thank you for listening everyone If you
0: enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend, take a screenshot and put this up on your social tag me at Katie Bulmer life. By the way, I love your DMS. I'm just a regular girl who responds to all my DMS. I never thought I had to clarify that, but apparently some people don't. You actually do me a favor when you reach out and tell me what you want to hear more of because I'm no longer a 20-something, but my passion is to keep my thumbprint on the pulse of what you guys are walking through, what you want to hear more of, what resonates. So please reach out. Do not be shy. And lastly, those of you who leave a review on iTunes is the best possible compliment you can give. Thank you so much for joining me, and I hope that you gain some truth for your 20s
1: hey my name is hannah boomer thanks for listening to my mom's podcast bye (laughs) (laughs) and our work here is done